Well, 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 welcome to another episode of the Fearless Parody Podcast Show. You know, parody doesn't come with a manual. It either does parody a child, preteen, or teenager. In fact, parody is very scary. It can cause every parent out there to be fearful, me included. The goal, the purpose of this podcast is to provide you with information and resources that help you overcome family life struggles difficulties and challenges and to be able to parent fearlessly. So every week we provide information and resources to help grow your parental leadership while growing the leadership of your child, preteen, or teenager. In short, we are here to help you and your children become the best versions of yourselves. So get ready and dive right in to today's episode. All right, moms, dads, guardians, we're back with Elena Robinson. Elena's mission is to empower parents as an expert on their own children and to help them create an exclusive world of competent and confident kids. So one more time, without further ado, here's Elena Robinson. Elena, thank you for being here for this uh, third segment but I think that is really important. Um, I've been in the Royal Ranger ministry, which is uh, sort of like scouting. Uh, boys earn uh, merits. They earn Bible merits. And uh, we do get them out the great outdoors. But time and time again, we're seeing in society where kids are not getting getting out. When I was a kid, my mom said, go play. We'll, we'll go out. We'll be gone for hours. Yeah, same. But kids don't do that today. So let's let's talk about why outdoor play has declined. So contrary to popular belief, outdoor play has not declined because of the advent of portable screens, which okay. seems to be what it's constantly being blamed on. Portable screens are a factor, but they've just made it easier for this um, culture of fear, as I like to call it, around children being unsupervised. Sometime in the late 80s, early 90s, there came out a lot of research about the value of engaging children. And one study in particular by Adele Diamond came out that was done on rats, and it was about um, how much when rats are engaged with, quote unquote, their brains get bigger. And so this had a snowball effect that she could not have ever anticipated because what had actually happened was she was a female researcher in the 80s and she was getting made fun of by her male colleagues for being the girl that plays with rats. So she swapped the word play in her research for engagement to try and make it more serious. And What happened as a result is her research went viral. It got taken out of context and parents started to believe that unless they were engaged with their children and their children were constantly supervised and engaged in meaningful quote unquote pursuits that they were going to be stupid. And so started this culture of we have to have the kids in our sites at all times. There was also a whole lot of factors with, you know, child abductions and 
crimes against children in the 70s and 80s that produced this culture of fear of children being out of our sight. And the fact that portable screens also started to come into the mainstream around, you know, mid 90s, that just kind of gave us an easy way to facilitate this desire to keep our children in our sights at absolutely all times. Most parents that I speak to don't not send their children outside because they don't think it's important. They don't send their children outside to play unsupervised because they're scared of child services being called on them. They're scared Mm. of being reprimanded or put in a situation where law enforcement is going to have to be judge and jury on whether or not it's safe for their children to be unsupervised. So how did their parents overcome this to get the children out playing where they need to be playing? Yeah. So the, the first thing is to get to know your neighbors. And this, again, when we were talking about in an earlier segment about how our villages have broken down, this whole culture of individualism has really made it difficult for us to connect with the people who are physically around us, our neighbors. So like when we moved into a new neighborhood, I always get some business cards printed up with a picture of me and my two boys and our names and my phone number on it. And we go around and we introduce ourselves to our neighbors and I say, hi, my name's Alana. These are my two boys. They're going to be out and about playing a lot from now on. Um, here's my name, here's my number. If you ever see something that you feel is unsafe or unacceptable, please give me a call. And one reason to do this is because it's a lot harder to call law enforcement on somebody whose face and name and voice you have heard. It's a lot easier to call law enforcement on a nameless person, faceless person that you've never met, but who you deem to be doing something immoral. There was a study that came out Um, in the early 2000s called the No Child Left Alone Study. And this study, it had a very large sample size of people from all over the United States and Canada. And what they did was they came up with a bunch of different standard scenarios in which a child was left alone. And they would ask the participants of the study whether or not it was moral or amoral for the child to have been left alone in that situation. Now, the only thing they changed from participant to participant was the reason the child was left alone. So in some situations, they were saying like, okay, you know, there's a two-year-old, they're home alone watching Frozen in their basement, and mom left the child home alone because she didn't have any daycare and she needed to go to work or else she wouldn't be able to pay her rent. And then to the next person, they would give that exact same scenario, except they'd say mom left the child alone because she was going to meet a lover or she wanted to go get her nails done. And universally, people said that the child was in more danger when they didn't morally agree with the reason the child had been left alone. All other (laughs) factors were exactly the same. (laughs) So that tells us that we're not calling CAS on children because they're actually in danger. We're calling law enforcement on children and on their families because of the moral judgments that we're making about the reason the children were left alone. We feel children are safer when we morally agree with the reason for them being unsupervised. So by introducing yourself to your neighbors and putting a face and a name to you and to your children, and giving them a way to follow up with you 
directly instead of having to go to law enforcement to get to you, you reduce the worry about that happening exponentially. I have never had any kind of issues with law enforcement showing up on children where their parents have intentionally introduced themselves to the people in their community. The other thing is to make sure that your children are familiar with their environment. Children tend to do or cross boundaries, do dangerous things or cross boundaries when they're in an environment where they don't know what the rules are or where they're allowed to go or not allowed to go. So like when I introduce children to a new area that they're going to be unsupervised because not everybody has a fenced backyard Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's great if you do, but like, even I, I have a fenced backyard. The fence is only three feet tall. My two-year-old figure out how to climb that sucker very quickly. (laughs) So (laughs) it wasn't doing its job. But whenever I had a child with me who I was introducing to a space that they were going to be unsupervised in, the very first thing I did with them was walk the perimeter of that space and show them where the boundaries physically were. You're allowed to be on this side of the road. You are not allowed to be on that side of the road. You're allowed to be on this side of the tree line. You are not allowed to be on this side of the tree line because over here, there's a river. Give them good reasons for where the boundaries are and where Mm -hmm. they need to stay within. And then Again, go through some common scenarios. What do you do if a stranger approaches you and asks where your parents are? Exactly. What do you do if an adult comes up to you and says, hey, 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 stop that? What do you do if a police officer shows up? And give them what to do in those scenarios with a bunch of different outcomes and how to get in touch with mom what to do, what to say, because again, that empowers children. And then they know that that's a possibility. Children are much less likely to do random freaky stuff when they know that there are adults other than their parents who are going to hold them accountable. You're so right about that. You know, I remember being a little boy and my dad told me there's no reason to fear the police. If you get lost, do you see a police officer? You go over there, police officer, because that's his or her job to help you become unlost. Mm-hmm. Okay. Say hello to him. So I, I didn't have a problem with it as I grew up later on, became a police officer myself and now a federal investigator. It, it's how you're taught. And with the boys and Royal Rangers, you know, our third graders and up, we ha- they have a buddy system. Mm-hmm. We say in this area, we have activities here, 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 here. You could go to those activities in between these times. You could play those activities multiple, multiple times, but you got to stay with your buddy. And at this time, you need to be back at camp because if you're not, we're going to come looking for you and I'm probably not going to be happy. But if you're there on time, I'll be extremely happy because you're showing me that you're more of a man than you are a boy. Tell a boy that. (laughs) <laughs> and so, you know, they know they got some praise coming. They get back yeah. to camp on time. See, what did I tell you? A man shows up on time. And yeah. that's why I said you're closer to being a man than a boy. And, and they'll go mind. out and they'll play all these activities. Now, every once in a while, somebody's got to step across the line. And you, of course. You, you put them, <laughs> you, you check them on that. But I hear you. That makes a lot of sense to me, and I'll tell you, I, I didn't always practice that with my kids who are now in their early 20s grew up, 
but uh, there's a lot of value in what you say. So real quick to, to sum this up, with a child's neurological development, how does outdoor play affect that? So outside is a perfect balanced sensory environment. There is not too much or too little input. There's lots of nice visual stimulation, but it's not overwhelming. There's lots of nice colors, but again, they're not too intense. Usually the temperature isn't too hot or too cold if you're spending a significant amount of time outside. (laughs) So it's a perfect environment for children to regulate in because it brings them back to that state of homeostasis. I always say to my clients, if you're having a really hard time with a kid, get them outside, go for a walk, walk to your local park, put them in the car if you have to, and take them to a local provincial or state park. Like get outside because being in nature is automatically going to calm your child's nervous system down. The other thing about it is that there's freedom in it, right? There are very few rules outside (laughs) compared to inside. You can be loud. You can run. There's all sorts of sticks and rocks and lichen and stuff that you can repurpose and use your imagination to turn into whatever you want, (laughs) right? There's... And nobody's going to tell you that you're doing it wrong. That's a lot of toys and a lot of activities that that. we do with kids inside are very adult focused, adult created, adult directed. So, you know, they're playing with a car and they start juggling the car and an adult is going to go, whoa, 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 we don't throw cars. And so then their creativity and their exploration is hindered. Whereas outside, you pick up a stick. Well, that can be a sword. That can be a wand. That can be the stick that you're, you know, grilling your fish on. It can be so many things and nobody's going to tell you that you're doing it wrong. So it's really, really beneficial for children's nervous system development. It's extremely beneficial for their creative and their emotional development. And it has so many opportunities for their executive functioning skill development. You have to plan and prioritize what you're going to do outside or else you're going to end up hurt. You have to um, use your working memory to remember where you are and the way that you came so that you don't get lost. You have to use your impulse control to not run at a bear or other wildlife because, again, that's going to get you hurt. There's so many opportunities for interpersonal development because you're constantly having to adjust and plan with the people around you. You're having to meet people and make sure that you're having a common understanding. You're going to have conflicts that need to be resolved. There's just so many opportunities outside to practice these skills that everybody is lamenting that children don't have these days. And it's simply that we've removed the opportunities, the natural opportunities for children to engage in learning those skills. So they can do it safely. It, it, Bob's and dad's girl, she's not to say, let your kids go out, just go hog wild. Uh, she's saying, you know, within boundaries, they need to know yeah. the places, hey, you can't go past here. You, you don't need to go out into the street. And here's why. Yeah. And, and give them a good reason why. You know, uh, you, you see that Coke can out there? Well, it wasn't always flat like that. Car ran over it, all right? <laughs> we don't want you like that. So this is why you don't go into the street. Oh, okay. So it's just little things like that that you just kind of got to let gotta let people know. Yeah. Well, uh, 
Elena, let me tell you, you have done a, a bag up job. You've given my parents so much to think about. I also think that you've given them a lot of hope. And moms and dads out there, you need not feel any shame that you're not perfect. There are learning opportunities that I think Elena has given all of us a lot of learning opportunities and ways that we could grow and become the best version of ourselves as parents. So, Elena, I want to thank you for being on my podcast. One more time, tell people where they can find you. Thank you so much. You can find me at alanarobinson.com. Alana is spelled with two L's, one N. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Parenting Posse, and you can find me on Facebook at the Parenting Posse with Alana Robinson Facebook group, where we have 10,000 parents strong to support you in figuring out how all of this works for your family. Well, moms, dads, and guardians, we're going to have links to Elena's Parenting Posse as well as her website. And don't forget to subscribe to the Fearless Parenting Podcast. Uh, it's great that you download, but we need for you to subscribe. And that way our rating will go up and we'll even have more listeners and that's more people that can be helped. So that's all that we have for this episode. Once again, Elena, thank you for being on. And moms and dads, until next time, God bless. Well, that concludes another awesome episode. Please, please check out the podcast description where you'll find links to family and parenting resources. And I want to thank you, moms, dads, and guardians, for listening to today's Fearless Parenting Podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed today's show and that it added value to you and your family. And I want to leave you with something that was what said by two-time Nobel Prize recipient Marie Curie, who once said that nothing in life is to be feared. It's only to be understood. Now is the time to understand more so that we may fear less. That is why we have this show, to help you understand more about parenting so that you can fear less. So I want to challenge you like I always do, to go forth and fearlessly parent. God bless.